Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome to episode four for our podcast on the spiritual life, again, based on the excellent work of Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum of Ariel Ministries. Today, we will finish with characteristic one of the three characteristics of true biblical spirituality, and that is that we should be able to see it. It should be evident in the life of the believer. People should be able to see it. And this section has four parts to it. Not just people, by the way. You should be able to see it. Okay. The first two parts were covered previously in the series, and they are having a Messiah-like perspective. And we do that by trying really, really hard, right? No, (laughs) of course not. That is a recipe for failure, speaking from experience here. What we do is we live like Jesus lived, and that is by faith. With the fruits of the Spirit of God increasing and developing in us, we follow in His, Jesus' footsteps, and handle suffering with confidence, knowing that nothing lasts forever in this life. And finally, we hang tight to Jesus. We we hold tight to Jesus. How? By reading His Word, praying, and being in fellowship with other believers. In other words, we develop our relationship with Jesus. We, We grow close to Him. We haven't developed that further yet, but we will We will. Don't you worry about it. So I'm recording this from home today. My wife is out of town, and it's just me and my son with a list list of chores. It's a very, very short list, but it's a list nonetheless. So I'm going to be relatively quick here. After all, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? The second aspect of being able to see true biblical spirituality in a believer is knowledge. Not Jeopardy kind of knowledge. I mean Bible knowledge. Unless I guess there's a Jeopardy category of Bible knowledge. Hmm. Anyway, it does not matter how much you connect to the music at church um, or how high you lift up your hands in song. In fact, uh, true biblical spirituality, I can't get that word out. True biblical spirituality requires knowledge of the Bible. And that, my friend, is going to require some work. Uh, Have you checked out Ariel's Come and See program yet? Ariel.org, come and see on the right hand uh, of the middle of the web page there. Maybe there's something else out there that would work better for you. How about listening to an audio Bible? Start with the book of Proverbs, Proverbs perhaps. There's 31 Proverbs, 31 days in the month generally, and do a chapter a day. Now, here's a suggestion. When you do that, start by praying first and asking God to speak to you through His Word. And when you run across a proverb, you listen or you read it, and you will, that, that says something to you, that you go, wait. That, that was for me. Stop. S-T-O-P. Stop. Stop reading and meditate on that particular verse. Ask God, why did this resonate with me, Lord? What are you trying to say? And man, I can promise you, the Bible is a living thing. Enjoy having the creator of the universe speaking into your ear, into your heart. It is awesome. So today we'll cover the last two of the four areas under being able to see it. This is attitude and conduct. So get your helmets on. Here comes a light Bible thumping. Let's talk about attitude. Ephesians 5.20 here is what I'm thinking. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it says, And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or as my neighbor Mark says, quote, do your spiritual math, count your blessings, and then thank God for them. So go ahead, do it. I can wait. (laughs) So a true spiritual believer, a mature and maturing believer should be characterized by an attitude of thanksgiving. Is this you? If yes, great, awesome. 
Thank God for that, okay? If no, repent. You don't have to live another day like that. And I can hear you saying, well, that sounds great, Tim, but do you? how do I do this? No, how do I do it? By taking the first step. Find one thing and thank God for it. In time, more will follow. Do it every day, every day. Make it a habit. And when things are hard, you will find yourself thanking God. It sounds so weird because it is weird from a human perspective. It's completely the opposite of the world. So it is weird. I'm totally okay with weird here, okay? One word of advice, don't be loud and obnoxious about it. Keep it between you and the Lord. Don't turn it into a bragamony, okay, rather than a testimony. There'll be plenty of times when it comes out naturally in public. Don't force it. That's the flesh, not the spirit. This leads us into the second attitude, and that is unity. We see that in, stand by for a Bible thump, Ephesians 4.3. By the way, why not pursue some knowledge by reading the book of Ephesians? One chapter in the old, Proverbs, one of the new, Ephesians, keeps the devil away. James, resist him and he will flee from you. That's what James, the brother of Jesus, said. Okay, back to Ephesians 4.3. It says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. The Spirit there is capitalized in the Holy Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Binding yourselves together with peace. Uh, so, one of the characteristics of spiritual immaturity, so spiritual immaturity is divisions. So you look at the Protestant uh, world and you'll see lots of divisions. Does that send a message of spiritual maturity? Well, not really. So let, let you be known to other people as being a person of peace. Let people see that you are a person of, shal person of shalom, of peace. In peace, shalom is so needed in this world. So let's show the world the peace they need comes from having Jesus, Yeshua, our King in our hearts. Now there's a time for everything, even for division. As Ecclesiastes chapter 3 uh, says, sometimes due to, due to another person's choices, maintaining fellowship is simply not possible. But don't be a cowboy or a cowgirl and shoot up the place. There's a biblical way to handle divisions in, in, in the church. Uh, but, you know, this is not something that we're going to cover today. I'm just uh, letting you know that there is a right way. And guess where it is? It's in the Bible. And I can hear some of you maybe saying or thinking, but you don't know me, man. But the Lord does. And he wants you, you, you to be like his son. All he's asking is for you to yield to him. And in time, remember that? Born again, Holy Spirit, time. Remember, no shortcuts. The Lord will change you into a man or woman of peace. So finally, let's look at the fourth aspect under evident in a believer, and that is conduct. This is really where the first three really, really are put to the test because we can, in theory, know all of the stuff that we talked about and not live it out day to day. And as my pastor, Doug Hornock, always says, confession is good for the soul and bad for the reputation. So here it comes. And you know... Yeah, I don't really care about reputation as much as my flesh says I should. <laughs> I am heaven-bound, and my urge is to see my judge, Jesus. And, and, and I just throw myself at his mercy, and uh, I trust in his grace. So um, this is where I struggle the most. This area of conduct is where I struggle the most. I see the evidence in myself of the Messiah-like frame of reference, of knowledge, of, uh, of attitude, 
but I fail the most in bringing all this together in my home, in my personal life, and in my relationships with others. But here's what I've learned, okay? Here's what I've learned. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly price prize, excuse me, for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me, or the verse actually calling us. Remember that verse? It's Philippians 3, 13 and 14. And what comes before that in terms of repenting and confessing is confessing, okay? 1 John 1, 9. And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from some, no, from all unrighteousness for all wickedness. Don't get caught up in holding patterns of guilt and sin. So as a pilot, sometimes when we go into an airport, we get put in a holding pattern by air traffic control for any of a number of reasons. You, my friend, I do not need to be in these holding patterns. We, we have a clearance from God himself to exit these holy, holding patterns so uh, of sin and guilt. And that's 1 John 1, 9 and Philippians 3, 13 and 14. And that, my friend, is maturity, to confess and to move on. That is maturity, okay? This takes us right to Hebrews 5, 13 14, where it says, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who, who through training, training, training implies time, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So what I want to ask you I'm going to ask myself to, is to desire maturity. God, I want maturity. You, I desire maturity for you. And I promise you, actually, I am confident that God will deliver what he promises you, that he will complete the work he has started in you. And let me read a verse to you from Philippians. Maybe Philippians is a book you should read uh, right now. I am sure of this, and this is a quote, Philippians 1.6, and I'm sure of this, that he, he being God, who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So to sum this up, everything we saw so far, the first characteristic of true biblical spirituality is that it should be evident in your life. It should be evident in my life. We should live with a Messiah-like perspective, growing in biblical knowledge, having an attitude of thanksgiving and unity with other believers. And finally, we should do this day by day, every day. I got an acronym for you. Remember, I'm a pilot. The acronym is M-P-K-B-T-U-D-D. M-P-K-B-T-U-D-D. If you don't remember, that's okay. There's an outline. M-P is Messiah Perspective. K-B is Knowledge of the Bible. T-U is Thanksgiving and, and Unity. And DD is day by day. So next time we will look at the next two and final characteristics of uh, true biblical spirituality. And that that is that it should be evident in the believer's home and church life. Shalom you all. That means peace. So glad you came here. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.